0: Welcome back to It's All in Your Head. I have the fabulous Dana Lloyd joining me today. Dana Lloyd is a leadership coach. She's an author. She's a keynote speaker. She guides people to personal empowerment so they can live the life. They can live life with joy, meaning, and fulfillment. She's also the author of Soul Prescriptions, 101 Ways to Find Joy, Meaning, and Fulfillment and is currently working on Soul Prescriptions for Women, Encouraging the Woman Within. Dana also hosts a weekly podcast. She is a busy, busy lady. (laughs) And she hosts a weekly podcast called Soul Sister Conversations, where she explores topics of self-discovery, leadership, and spirituality. So I'm super excited to have Dana join us today. Welcome, Dana. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me, Ronnie. I'm excited to chat with you.
0: Yeah, me too. So tell us a little bit, um, you know, who you are, how you kind of got into this work. Tell us just a little bit, little background on you. And
1: Well, you know, you uh, said I'm a leadership coach. It's true, I am. It's about mm-hmm. teaching people how to lead well in their lives and businesses. And I got onto this uh, path really originally because I was coached by someone. Now I'm a teacher by trade, you know, that's what I went to school for. I have a bachelor of education degree. Um, When I graduated, I moved to Ontario. And at the time there wasn't um, a lot of teaching jobs. So I had to get a job to pay the bills. And so I went into corporate, you know, I thought, well, I can answer some phones. And then the next thing, you know, next thing you know, you're doing the next thing in corporate, the next thing. And I'm now I'm on this new path and I'm not teaching at all. And I began to, um, I guess that's, I would look back now and say it's the beginning of my own personal awakening. I knew something wasn't right, but I, you know, nothing was really wrong either. You know, I had a good life, you know, a husband and, and then um, I could kind of hear those questions bubbling up inside me, you know, what should I do with my life? Mm-hmm. Uh, and because I obviously knew I wasn't meant to be doing what I was doing, which was sitting in a cubicle processing claims and talking to people. And, you know, I, yeah. I love the people, but it just wasn't the right work. So I thought I had a job seeking problem. I thought mm-hmm. if I find the right job, uh, now I'll be really on the right path. And uh, so my husband and I decided to start a, um, a family so probably secretly, I thought, well, I'm going to stay home with my child and I'm getting out of this corporate world. And, you know, cause having a baby makes your life so much easier. So easy. <laughs> so easy. Um, and then when I realized when I stayed home, with my son, that sort of the same kinds of feelings I was having at work, I was having at home. So I wasn't fulfilled mm-hmm. in the workplace and I wasn't really fulfilled staying at home per se. I mean, I loved yeah. being a mother, but there was something that was just not internally right. And uh, it really took another number of years. And uh, before I actually got introduced to a life coach, some friends had introduced me to her. She was practicing at the time and needed some people to practice on. I thought, well, perfect. Maybe she'll give me like an assessment or a test or something. And it will spit out what I should be in this life. (laughs) Because the answers are always outside of us. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They're always on a sheet or something. Yeah, right. Uh, (laughs) And that didn't happen, you know, and she began asking me all these sort of magical questions about myself and probably not unlike the ones I was asking myself, like, what do I want to do with my mm-hmm. life? You know, if time and money were not an issue, what do you long to do? You know, mm-hmm. what do you need to have in this life to feel fulfilled? Yeah. But the difference this time is that I answered them. Mm-hmm. And that was a big thing is to actually answer the questions that were bubbling up. Now, of course, her being a coach, she asked a very good pointed questions that were mm-hmm. able to help do a deep dive. Mm-hmm. And it was this magical kind of conversation that she and I were having that I thought, you know what? Maybe this is something that I would like to do. And Mm -hmm. so I took my first coaching course and just to see how it would go. And I really haven't looked back. And it's been a slow um, unfolding because I did that Mm -hmm. when my children were very young. And, you know, it's taken me on all sorts of different paths from, um, you know, coaching leaders and teaching leaders to life coaching. And now I've kind of come to this place of, um, you know, really personally empowering people and that has shifted my mm. since after I, I wrote the book because it's really about your own power like you said the answers aren't outside of you they're inside yeah. of you but I didn't know that in my 20s mm. um, you know I know that now but it took me a long time to come to that um that's so, yeah that resolution that solution mm. so that's yeah. my semi nutshell how I got from teaching to to coaching and what I'm doing today
0: yeah it's interesting so many People that end up being coaches almost always seem to have this backstory of, you know, struggling with some of these things themselves and then finding their way into, you know, kind of
1: helping others with what
0: they suffered and struggled with. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I meet so many people like that, right? You and I both, uh, where we meet people who are doing things now because they themselves have come through some sort of struggle And they know that and they know how to help other people and they want to be able to take their own story and the lessons they've learned and, um, and, and help transform other people. And it's pretty powerful because you've been through it. You know, you know, some, some of what people are going through.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about this soul prescription book of yours Mm -hmm. a little bit. The description on Amazon says that it's 101 ways to find joy, meaning and fulfillment that it's a personal development book with a spiritual undertone. And I'm curious, you know, we always hear this term, um, you know, spiritual or spirituality or, you know, that kind of thing. And, And I'm wondering, what does that mean for you?
1: Well, for me, it, it's really about that connection with my mm-hmm. highest self. And so some people, they may call it God or soul. Yeah. I, I kind of just use the term highest self, but sometimes I use God. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I use the universe, but I'm, I'm talking yeah. about that force that's within us, just as we mm-hmm. referred to all the answers are within. Yeah. So for me, it's building, it's not only knowing who I am, Dana, as the person, mm-hmm. It spirituality is coming to know the divine self you know, if I really know that I've come here with a purpose, I'm trying to figure it out or match it up with my personality. I have certain strengths and gifts as Dana, yeah. um, but I want to marry that with what I am meant to do in this life. And you can feel that internal um, rightness. And I always talk about really your lining with your ego or your highest self. And when I'm aligning with my highest self, I'm in that place of love, self-love in particular, mm. excellence, trust, yeah. um, versus the ego, which is like anxious and worry and and yeah. jealousy, you know, those feel good, don't they? No. <laughs> yeah. right. so, so and yet many, it's where so many so, so many of us live for a lot of years. So many. And, and that's really the number one soul prescription of the book is the first one is to relentlessly seek your highest self. And for me, is that connection because, you know, part of the reason why I wrote this book is because my mother was failing in health and she's passed away now. Uh, she's been oh. on for almost four years, but it was, you know, the journey that started, you know, a decade ago where suddenly, you know, I noticed she was missing letters and uh, in her speech and she mm. was kind of stumbling and it was, you know, she was explaining it away. And we soon realized this was a bigger problem than uh, just being able to, you know, just, a misspeak or stumbling and Mm -hmm. we never really did get a diagnosis about what it was honestly but it did Mm -hmm. mimic something that looked like als or parkinson's and so what it began to do is this long journey of poor health for her Mm -hmm. and you know it was very difficult to watch her fail and it was watch it was difficult to watch my father watch her fail And it began, you know, I understood the fragility of life and felt vulnerable. And I started to feel sort of sad and depressed. And I know it's the natural order of things, but I was having a hard time with it. And a big reason why I was having a hard time with it is that I was so impacted. You know, we didn't know what was going to happen. And I really came to the conclusion one day that, you know, what if she's like this for 20 years or 30 like what, you know, we didn't know she was going to pass. We didn't know it was fatal. I don't even know if it was fatal. It's just her body just slowly declined and, and, and passed away. And I came to a conclusion that I had worked hard to get to a point in my life where I built a good life, a a good marriage, you know, family, kids. I felt good about where I was on my path, even though I still didn't have it all figured out. And I kind of felt like I don't want to give that all up to be sad. Yeah. And and I just made, it began a commitment to myself. Like, how do I stay with my joy? How do I, you know, be in joy? Uh, and that really, that's what I, be, I began writing the book and really mm. began writing my thoughts down about what I really believed about joy, meaning and fulfillment. And what I referred to just a few minutes ago is that difference between your ego and your highest self. Mm. I began to sort of really get discern when I'm in that space. I want it to feel good. Because I was really tired of feeling really awful about the situation. And it's not easy. I mean, it's not like you stay there 100% of the time. But once you understand and know where your joy is found, it's easier to get back there. Mm. And I know where to find it. And sometimes it's hard to get there. But that's hence 101 ways to find joy, meaning (laughs) and there are many ways to get there. There's not just one way. Yeah, Um, yeah. That was my commitment to myself is, is to stay with my joy. I want to feel like, you know, I want to live a fulfilled life. That's what I want for myself in, in, in the face of even difficult circumstances. So that, you know, that's sort of the, you know, how I wrote that. And that's the whole basis is stay in alignment with your you know highest self. And to me, that's living a spiritual life because that's where I can feel Mm -hmm. God, where I can feel divinity, where I can feel intuition.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. So I had a group client call last night and we were talking about things that make us happy. Uh, And a lot of my clients were complaining, you know, they don't even know anymore what makes them happy. And this is something I see in women over and over and over again, that You know, we, we spend so much time worrying about things outside of ourselves and we spend so much time taking care of other people and trying to make sure that other people are happy or feeling fulfilled or whatever, that we get to a point where we're so completely disconnected with ourselves that we don't even know, we don't even know what brings us joy anymore. Absolutely. And so do you, what's, what are some, do you have any specific, you know, suggestions on, on finding that, like, can you share, you know, a couple ideas that are, you know, from your book on just how do we find joy and meaning and fulfillment again?
1: Well, first off, I want to address the whole idea of happiness, because we live Mm. in a culture, you know, where we pursue happiness, like it's something that we just don't get, we have to go chase it down and kill it. Yeah, (laughs) we won't be happy until we kill it. (laughs) Right, until we get the job, until we get to a certain size, until we get, it's always conditional, you know. And so for me, happiness is like every other feeling like grief or sadness or jealousy, it comes and goes. We're human. We're going to have all of these different feelings. But to me, joy is that underlying space. To me, it's where my highest self is found. So if I find my highest self, I'll always find my joy. Um, uh, When we chase happiness, you know, I can go buy a nice lipstick and I'm happy for about five minutes. And yeah. then I, you know, my problems are still there or I could yeah. eat a cookie my problems are still there <laughs> or I can yeah. do whatever, my problems are still there. I'm happy yeah. momentarily. So for me, joy is that uh, that deep foundation beneath. And I think part of the reason why we don't know what makes us quote unquote happy and I'll use the word happy interchangeably with joy but I'm really talking yeah. about joy is that we don't know ourselves. Yeah. We, yeah. And, and where would we learn that, Ronnie? You know, we when don't. we when we go to school, they teach us the three R's. When we were in school, reading, yes. writing, arithmetic. But nobody and, taught self discovery, and being successful
0: sure. was all that mattered. Getting right. the good grades, getting the right grades, getting Absolutely. everything right was what mattered. Yeah,
1: right. And and we are at uh, point you're pointing to exactly that that idea is that we're focused on doing. Yeah. But just like I was sitting in my cubicle, I thought I had a job seeking problem. I was focused on mm. doing, but the real question I was re- trying to ask was who am I being? Who do yeah. I want to become? Who am I? Like, that was a big question to a- ask. And when you, that looks so big, you're like, what is the entry point to that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, How do I get there? How do I get there? <laughs> and, but part of it for me was when I had those conversations with my coach, so if no one's, you know, in a coaching relationship right now, the things you can do is one, get quiet. Mm. Uh, All those questions, you can literally go online and type in life coaching questions and you would come up with a ton of, of questions. And I think I actually have them on my um, website under resources, uh, discovery questions. Uh, They may be there. Um, I have some other things there like values and so on, but start at, answering, just like I did answer the questions for yourself. What, what do you long to do? Mm. What, 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 you know, we're saying what makes me happy, but maybe we need to tr- change the language to what makes me feel fulfilled. Yeah. Um, one of the things that really turned everything on for me is, you know, what are, what do you, what do you value? Mm. And, and we're not talking value, like your car, your house, your family, those are tangible things. We're talking things that lie beneath uh, that describe who we are, mm-hmm. and when you begin to know yourself in that way, um, you li- align yourself with those values, you can begin to feel this sense of fulfillment. So yeah. it, it's a real, it's a discovery journey. Um, you know, I, for me, uh, one of the questions, you know, to ask when you try to figure out what are your values, you say, what are the must haves in my life?
0: Mm-hmm. But one of the things
1: I learned for myself is I must have learning and development. You know, I'm a teacher by trade. There's a reason why I took a teacher degree. I <laughs> yeah. like to learn. I could stay, I could stay, live on a campus. Like I love being where there's big mahogany doors and learning <laughs> and it's a must have. Another one of my must haves is creativity. You know what? And I didn't even realize that was a value of mine until I, after I wrote the book. I recognized mm-hmm. I like to create. So for me, I like to storytell. I like to take big ideas and simplify them. So that makes me happy. Um, so it's words like that, like creativity and connection and learning and development. When I start describing myself like that, I know mm-hmm. how to feel fulfilled because if I'm doing things that are creative, I feel great, yeah. right? It's not about whether, you know, I'm going to work in my nine to five cubicle. You could be doing that. And those are things you have to do to pay the bills, but there's lots of things that you can do to help you find your joy. And mm-hmm. so knowing your values is one of them, answering those questions about what you want in your life, like truly answer them, not just think them. We, we mm-hmm. put them like on the hamster wheel in our head. Yeah. But, um, and there's lots of people who can help you, you know, break that down too. Yeah. So those are things- Yeah, it's I so
0: like much that. easier- it's so much easier when somebody asks you the question yes, versus it is. just trying to work through it on your own. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Cause
1: otherwise you're intellectually trying to solve it. But a big yeah. thing too, that I've, you know, I've really come to realize and I helped really helps me build my intuition is to get quiet. Yeah. Oh my God. We live in such a noisy yeah. world. It's noisy in our heads. If you haven't yeah. noticed.
0: <laughs> yeah. It so is- noisy in there. I used to describe my inner world, like it felt like a ferret on meth in my brain. <laughs> That's how my brain used to feel <laughs> <We> <laughs> And the concept of busy. getting quiet used to be terrifying to me. It but is- now, yeah, you're you're a hundred percent right. It's it's
1: imperative. It is, and one of the things I don't know if you're familiar with this book is called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Yeah. And it, it's really a life coaching book. When I read it, it was she wrote it to help creatives. To, to come back to life. She was married yeah. to Martin Scorsese, you know, helped screenwriters and so on. But it's to me, when I read it, she has a lot of great questions in there for you to answer. Um, yeah. But one of the things that came out of reading that book was something called The Morning Pages. And it's just take mm-hmm. a, a journal every morning, three pages, and you fill it. So it's a stream of consciousness. And it yeah. could be most of it, it's just garbage half the time, but every yeah. now and again, it um, arrives on the page. Mm-hmm. I did that while I was writing this book. And one of the things that helped me do is it actually—it's uh, the one time I got quiet and yeah. I got all that junk out of my head and onto the paper. It's like I had to put it somewhere. Yeah. And then what I noticed there were some golden nuggets that came with it. And mm-hmm. I—and sometimes I would see something on the page and I'm like, "Do I trust that?" Yeah. And, and just that process, I learned to trust myself. I actually learned how to build intuition by doing that exercise. Mm-hmm. So there's many ways that we can get quiet. I mean, meditation's a big one these days, but a lot of people find a hard time doing it. And I don't blame you. I mean, mm-hmm. our minds are busy. If we're accustomed yeah. to being busy, it's tough to quiet it. So maybe you find another and way to get it out and journaling is a great, great way to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So good. So some of the topics in your book that you give these soul prescriptions on some of my favorites that really stuck out to me was acceptance for one love connection which is so vital not just to others but to ourselves in all the ways you were just talking about authenticity power can you share some a little bit on uh, maybe to start with acceptance
1: Mm-hmm. One of the uh, soul prescriptions that I talk about in that section is be at peace with your unfolding. Yeah, and yes. you know I'm as impatient as they come. Same. <laughs> and you know I've had people say this to me, like, "Why didn't I know this before? Like, I wish yeah. I had twenty years ago." And the truth is, you wouldn't have been ready for it. Hundred percent. You were having too much fun or doing something yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think we have to be patient with ourselves that you yes. are right where you're supposed to be. Um, you know, if you want to think of it as divine, there's a reason why you're hearing this podcast right now. There's yeah. a reason why you're, you know, someone is working with you right now. They yeah. are ready for the change. They're ready to hear something. And so it's that patience and you have to love yourself along the way, you know? Yeah. That, um, yeah. You ha- have to be patient and just accept the unfolding, that it'll all come in its own time. And maybe this is the only, the pace that you can handle it, you know? So that's a, that's a, that's a really big one. Um, Even just honoring your journey. You know, Mm. we tend to compare ourselves to everybody else and wish we were on some other path. And when we do that, we, we really damage ourselves because your journey is special and unique. Yeah. You know, I know, you, you know, a lot of people tend to discount it or they, maybe they're ashamed of their past or where mm-hmm. they come from, but boy, we have stories to tell.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, it's not funny or interesting if you're born <laughs> maybe with a silver spoon in your mouth, but if yeah. you, you know, we all have some level of struggle, you know, or traumas in our life. Um, yeah. If you're alive. I mean, certain, you know, there we living can be traumatic, um, huh. You know, whether you're being bullied as a kid or you have much more extenuating circumstances, whatever that is, but it's your journey and it is so rich. And if you're asking questions about yourself, that means you're awakening to me. Mm -hmm. You are starting to crack open and it might be just opening the door today. You might be just just like I was sitting in my cubicle. What should I do with my life? That was Mm -hmm. the beginning of an awakening. I didn't know it. But yeah. it was the beginning of me being curious and curious is a really great way to help um, you break through some barriers. Mm. So those are some ideas, you know, be at peace with your unfolding and, and get out of your own way. I mean, it's, yeah. it's yeah. You, you know, that, that, that's, a, that's is, a big one.
0: Yeah. And it's not always as easy as it sounds too, right? It's so, oh yeah. Okay. But it's not always an easy thing to do.
1: No, it's not. It's not um, you know, certainly getting out of her own way, you know, that, that to me, that, that ties in with, um, love and self-love, you know, yeah. I've heard this so many times, you know, they're like, I can't get out of my own way. And I said, you know, when I refer to the highest self and the ego,
0: mm.
1: I see, um, that's what you need to get out of your own way.
0: Yeah.
1: Your, your ego is in the way. Yeah. And when I say ego, I don't mean arrogance. It could be, yeah, But for a lot of women, I find, I know for myself, my ego is plain small. I don't want yeah. to see me. Don't look at me. You know, what if yeah. I make a mistake? I'm not perfect. You know, that kind yeah. of stuff. And the ego is almost like, um, I call it cataracts on your soul. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you know? that's good. It's like <laughs> you have to do a little cataract surgery there to kind of burn that off to see the beautiful... Yeah amazing one person underneath because there are two versions right and it's the one that you want to see the highest self the beautiful amazing one who has all these strengths and gifts and you do have them so if you're saying no I don't have any you do yeah uh, You we all have them and and we we think that we are not enough because we don't have enough experience or we're not we're too young we're too old whatever um uh, mm-hmm. believe me you're so full of magic it's it's unbelievable you know, it's yeah. unbelievable. But when we need to get out of our own way to help love ourselves, um, that to me is getting up behind, from behind your ego and, yeah. and returning to your highest self. And to yeah. me, like when I was in my 20s, I was fully entrenched in my ego. I didn't even mm-hmm. know there was a highest self. Yeah, I mean, I probably lived for other people. I was mm-hmm. a people pleaser. I didn't like to disappoint people. So I would yep. make sure everybody would get what they wanted before I, if I wanted something, I didn't dare voice it. Um, and now that's not the case. I mean, it's not always a hundred percent, but I am much more attached to my highest self than I am my ego. Now I, I get disconnected throughout the day, but I stop and it's the awareness and I can move back to my highest self. And I say the speed at which you return to your highest self is a sign of your spiritual maturity. Yes, it's that it's the awareness. So before I lived over in my ego, then as you became yeah. awakened, I started to see this other place that served me more. And yeah. honestly, this happened, you know, my mother declined in health just 10, you know, 10 years ago. That's just my late 30s, you know, beginning to head into my 40s that I really began to um, awaken almost I'm awake and now I'm going deeper that mm. I understood where my joy is, that I want to live an amazing life. And I realize the amazing life is an internal one. Yes. You know, so all good. this stuff I do on the outside is great. It's an expression of who I am, but you know, the real life I'm living is an internal one, that spiritual mm. one, that, that connection with myself.
0: Mm. Yeah. And that's where all the answers are.
1: And that's where all the answers are. And oh. once you begin to trust that, yes, boy, it's magical. Yes. it's magical. yeah magical. yeah and it's a journey. It's yeah a journey. and I
0: think that that's I think that that's a really important reminder for everybody because like you said, we're impatient. Everybody always <laughs> wants to get to the end right when, even when you talk about self-love, people will ask, well, okay, how do I love myself? Like if I do this thing and this thing and this thing, then I'll love myself and then it's all done I'm, I'm, and I'm you know I'm, I'm live happily ever after because I love myself now. But even that it's a journey. It's a daily choice.
1: Yeah. You can love yourself now. You don't have to wait to your certain size or a certain job or a certain friend or that's the thing. And that's the tough thing is recognizing that you can do it now.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, you know, you talked about connection being in the book Um, and just what I talked about, you know, the ego and the highest self, I, I call it soul prescription 42. And it says, separate your godly messages from your egoic ones. Mm-hmm. And because we have a lot of thoughts that are coming down the pipeline. Yep. All day long. What do they say? We have 60, 70,000 thoughts a day. I think I read 80 somewhere. Like it's yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. So if you are not an aware or an awakened person, and that means just being alert to that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, those thoughts can control your life if you well, don't and take they do, control, right? Because of them. we and they, we, and they
0: do, yeah, and they do, right? Because we tend to repeat the same ones every day, mm-hmm. right? Those, the yeah. the 60,000 thoughts that we thought yesterday that created our today, <laughs>
1: exactly. we just repeated it today. <laughs> exactly. And I, for me, an awakened woman, an awakened person is someone who has discernment. I mean, discernment is one of the qualities of a leader. You have to be able to discern between right and wrong. You have to discern between things that serve you and things that don't. And I say you almost have to be like a bouncer at a club. It's like, (laughs) no, I'm sorry. You can't come in today. You're going over here. I'm only allowing the good ones to march into this VIP lounge. (laughs) Yes, You have to know because this is uh, all those horrible thoughts show up as limiting beliefs that we have. Yeah. You know, people will say life is harder. You know, people don't help you. And I'll have to stop people. I'm like, that is not true. That is something that you have just adopted. Yeah. You're running your life by. You have to get smarter than that and go, wait a sec. Now, is that true? Yeah. Uh, it's not yeah. True. You the know, stories something-
0: we tell ourselves.
1: The stories we tell ourselves. Stories
0: if, we tell ourselves about ourselves, about our bodies, about life, about the world.
1: Oh, Mike, we are the best storytellers. God love us. But we're not, you know, we're, we're, we're good at telling stories, but they're not always great stories. They're not always great stories. <laughs> exactly. And this is what this discernment between the ego ego and the highest self. So one of the things that yeah. I, you know, teach people is to, to name your inner critic. Yeah you know, it's a common, you know, coaching um, uh, tool to name that inner critic. And so you send her packing when she doesn't serve you. So you have to become aware when that inner critic's rising up. So those negative thoughts, the old stories that don't serve you and send her packing. But then one day I was coaching a client. I thought, oh my God, this is exhausting to constantly have to get people to uh, pack up their inner critic and send them on his way. (laughs) And I thought, what if we just focused on our inner coach? What Mm -hmm. if we did that, right? To live with the cheerleader and not the critic. Yeah. Um, So I said that's also a tool. Name your inner coach, and when you can feel the negativity, when you feel those old negative feelings coming in, call her forth. Yeah. Name her and literally call her forth and go. What what advice would she give you today? Yeah. And because here's the thing: the the voice you entertain is the voice that wins. So yes. if you entertain the critic, that's going to get louder and more amplified. But if you focus on that inner uh, coach or cheerleader, that is the voice that will win. The one mm-hmm. you pay attention to. And this is a daily practice. I mean, w- you know, when I talk about spiritual practices, you know, it could be meditation, it could be journaling, but just you have to make a decision every day when you get up and look in the mirror that you're going to love yourself today that you're going to be kind to yourself, that you're going to listen to the good part of your voice today and, yeah. and not listen to the other one. Cause it, it is rampant and man, it, you know, it still happens to me. It's not, I haven't arrived per se, but I, it is a reminder to me yeah. to um, stay practice. And that's when I realized, you know what, Dana, you haven't been doing a daily practice of starting the day with maybe gratitude or some mm-hmm. good self-talk. Yeah,
0: when you're when you're living in that awareness, you really notice you mm. quickly when you, have you know, let it slide
1: for a little bit. Right? <laughs> yeah, and it's true. You Really
0: start to be like, oh, yeah, okay, really got to get back on that. that, yeah.
1: that uh, yeah. It's almost like when the doctor, you know, if they give you medication, and you start feeling good, and people are inclined to go off yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I feel pretty good. And then you realize you fall back to feeling bad. It's kind of the same thing. You have to give yourself a soul prescription. You, you are writing your own prescription <laughs> for success. Hence the name. It's yeah. about, you know, what's best for you. Write that out today.
0: Yeah. 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 What is, what is that that's best for me? And that yeah. takes asking the question.
1: Yeah. And i encourage people to write yourself um, sticky notes in your mirror because yeah. here's the thing when you wake from your sleepy stupor and you stumble into your bathroom and you look in the mirror what do you think is going to be awakened yeah <laughs> your inner critic or your inner coach yeah and, you know it's often that inner coach we start beating yourself oh look at this or I got to get on the scales or I've got yeah. to do this today or I, I'm not I have a meeting and I'm not going to be very good at it or you have to look at yourself straight in the eye and say you know I've got this. I'm, you know, I'm good enough. And maybe you need to write that on the mirror. I mean, that, that's, this is how simplistic and complicated we are. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Really? And even
0: say it to yourself
1: in the mirror. Absolutely. You know, and it's so funny because I've had this conversation with uh, friends and um, there's a Louise, Hay you can heal your life book. I know you're familiar with it and she has an exercise, you know, you look directly in the mirror and you say, I love you. I love you. And, um, I, I was having a conversation with a friend. She goes, I can't do that. And I was like, really? You honestly?" Yeah. She goes, I can't do it. And I thought, well, that is very interesting. There's a reason why she has this exercise because it is something that people have a difficulty doing. And um, you know, it's pretty powerful. It's interesting that
0: you bring up that particular exercise in that particular book. But that particular exercise, I remember the first time I read that book and I read that exercise, I literally flung the book across the room. Like it was one of those visceral reactions. It was like, Nope, can't do that.
1: (laughs) There you go. I,
0: I thought about trying the exercise. I couldn't make myself do it. Even when I could make myself stand in the mirror, I couldn't make myself say the words. I could not do it. And I would hear myself saying, this is ridiculous. It's just three stupid words. Why can't you say these words? I couldn't do it. It took me close to six years. Wow. First time I did it. I remember I get up one morning and I was like, this is it. This is the day. Cause I don't give up on things. (laughs) Like, I don't care how long it takes me to get somewhere. I'm going to get there. Even if it takes me six years. So six years later, I'm still thinking about this exercise. And I get up one morning and I was like, that's it. This is the day I'm sitting in front of the mirror and I am not moving until I say these words. (laughs) And I sat there. I don't know how long finally said them and the tears that poured down my face as I sat in the mirror that day and said those words, like I get goosebumps now, just Mm. thinking about it. And I sat there and I just kept saying them until the tears stopped. It is such a powerful exercise. And I'm curious, what were the tears about? I think that it was probably relief, Mm. right? Because I had been withholding that from myself for so many years. Yeah. Cause we do, Ugh. we withhold our own love. We can't look in the mirror and just say, I love you. Cause we're withholding that from ourselves. We think that we have to be a certain way before it's okay to let ourselves love ourselves. So I think that was part of it. I think also part of it, um, you know it was just sort of letting go of that old story that I don't, or I can't. Hmm. Cause anytime those, some of those old stories die off it can be, you know, kind of powerful. And there may have still even been some of that story in there that made it hard right so yeah. yeah it was it's powerful but i think because it's so like because it can have such a reaction and because it is so difficult for people i think that's what makes it so powerful that's what makes it such a great exercise and so important to try
1: it does it's so interesting when you say that i i kind of think about if everybody listening did that it'd be interesting yeah. to hear everybody's responses Yeah, how they felt about that experience, whether they could do it or not. Because I think about when I did the exercise, um, because I, you know, I would think that I would have been someone who would not have been able to do it, but I was able to, to look myself in the eye and say it, but I felt silly. Yeah. And, and, and it's kind of interesting because, uh, and I probably felt silly because, you know, I grew up in a a loving family, but that wasn't something that we actually said, like, I love you or, You know, I didn't hear those words per se, you know, you know, people, you knew people loved you, but it would have been nice to hear it. Um, But, but so what it ends up making you feel silly saying it because you're Mm. not accustomed to saying it
0: or or hearing it a whole lot or
1: hearing it. So it's funny that it, so to me, I think that's uh, interesting to see what everybody's response would be.
0: Yeah, um, and it, it is, and it's doing- interesting because I think you know everybody may have a little bit of a different response, but everybody has some type of response to it. Yes, yes, right. Like that with for everybody, there's always something about just being with you and love.
1: And you know what? As you we're saying this, I think we're you know working this out our own little psychological session. <laughs> but it really is telling about our unhealed traumas. Yeah, about the things that we want or wish we had in our life. And uh, it's, it's very, I think it's very, it's very telling.
0: Yeah. And maybe aren't, aren't giving ourselves enough of.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and you realize a lot of this gets modeled for us. And uh, sometimes we have a lot of on learning to do from our childhood or to learn things that, you know, of of a life that we want. That's the beautiful thing is that we can create the life we want. It doesn't matter what has happened to us or, you know, what we think about ourselves, you know, up to this point, we can change that from today going forward. That's the amazing thing. We can turn this all around It doesn't have to take years, right? It just takes a a shift today to love yourself, you know, or begin that journey. So uh, that's the powerful thing is that you're, you're just one good, you know, shift away from feeling good.
0: Yeah. And that it doesn't have to be so big and scary that it can just be tiny steps one after another, just one yeah. tiny step at a time after another, right? Just the decision to keep going and keep showing Absolutely. up. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Cause I think that's another thing that I've heard from people is that the journey is long. It's like, oh, I wish I had to started sooner. So they're looking at the journey is so long ahead of them. Yeah. And, and the the fact of the matter is, the journey is right here in front of you. Yeah. And, and you've already arrived if you've made that decision to change, you know, yeah. or to do something and, and, in your life.
0: And I would even offer that the journey includes everything that happened before because you wouldn't oh. be here without those things.
1: Yes, absolutely. And and, uh, and to the point about love and self love. One of the things that I say to people is love the old versions of you because she yeah. brought you to the girl she you are today. I yeah. mean, she had the courage to keep going.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so love all those versions of you. I look back now and I think of myself at different points in my life. And I thought, oh my God, she was such a scared child. She was scared yes. to step out into the world. And, you know, to love that inner child or to love who she was, I'm like, but she kept going. She knew that she was destined for greater things, whether it's Mm. just even her own internal fulfillment, you know? So it's pretty powerful to love all parts of yourself.
0: Oh yeah. And so important too, right? Because again, we're so conditioned to believe that we have to be a certain way and before we can we can love ourselves or that if you know mistakes in our past are right. a reflection of who we are and, and what we were worth or whatever. But you know, it's really about just honoring everything that got you where you are, because you wouldn't be where you are.
1: It's so true. And just all these perspective shifts, like, you know, I, I've talked to so many people on the podcast that teach me this, you know, mm-hmm. and I have someone coming up, uh, releasing on Valentine's day, a young girl who suffered a fatal car crash, okay. um, or survived a, a, a fatal car crash. Mm-hmm. And she actually struggled with mental health, you know, yeah. as a teenager, she was a beautiful dancer, beautiful mm-hmm. tone body. She said, I look at the body and I hate it myself. I loathe myself. And she goes now, so she was in a coma for 210 days, risk of uh, leg amputation. I mean, she was a dancer, Um, scars, multiple surgeries. And she said, and it was only recently. So it's been just under three years since her car crash. And she goes, she doesn't suffer from her mental health issues that she had before. She goes, I look at my body now as this amazing vehicle that allows me to uh, enjoy this life. And she, she can't, she's not a dancer anymore. She can't be that. And so amazing that she hated herself when she had all this ability yep. and, and can move. And, and now she, all she had was that perspective shift yeah. and completely loves herself and no longer battles that, you know, I'm floored and constantly reminded that the shift is internal. It's mm-hmm. small. It can be fast, love yourself. And you see yourself in a whole new light, like get that cataracts off by himself. self. That's such
0: a beautiful example, too, that it's never, it's the, the, the way that we feel about our bodies is never really about our bodies.
1: Oh, she was a young girl, 18, lean tone. And you you think, what could you possibly hate about that? But here, and it was, she was in a dark place at times as a teenager and her mom will say that, Uh, you know, I chatted with her mom too, on a separate episode. And uh, but just to hear where she is now at, you know, the age Mm -hmm. of just 21 Uh, and to know that she needs to love her life she goes and that's a reminder don't wait for something tragic to happen to get that shift that you can make that at any point and uh and she will say she goes the the old version of me died that day in the accident and i thought well that's a profound profound statement yeah Yeah. so love ourselves today so beautiful yeah so powerful
0: yeah yeah. Really yeah. powerful message. I love that. But yeah, great point. You don't have to wait for something tragic. It could, it's literally just a decision.
1: It is. And, 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 and loving ourselves is, bigger to remind ourselves, but that's, yeah. the thing is we don't need to wait for something so, with this large contrast to show us the opposite. Right. Yeah.
0: And, the, and that loving ourselves is, um, you know, it's a verb, it's an action.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's the things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, oh, well, I, I can just decide to love myself. I can decide to do things that are loving for myself. Mm-hmm. And in Absolutely. the meantime, the way I feel about myself will begin to shift. I yes. can choose to appreciate myself where I am. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then all of that really shifts.
1: It, yeah. Everything shifts for you. I see so your life yeah. follows your thoughts. Yeah, right. And and everything that's happened up to this point, if you've come to a certain place or a headspace, it's because of some thoughts that you've had that brought you here, you know, created feeling, yeah. which created an action, but the true is also, you know, it's also true going forward. You can start yeah. making new thoughts, which create new feelings, which creates new actions. Yeah. And it absolutely. doesn't matter how slow you're moving as long as you just keep on going.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: And one of the things that you asked me about is, you know, authenticity and one of the sole prescription is be authentic. And Mm -hmm. I say, being authentic is your gift to the world. When people think they don't have any gifts or talents to offer, being you is enough. Yeah. Um, Authenticity wins every single time. It's what people connect with when you tell stories and you're, you're, you're being vulnerable Um, because being anybody else is just plain exhausting. Yes. And I know we've all, we had this, right? Whether you're a teenager pretending to like somebody or something to fit in or even, um, you know, even I see it all the time in adulthood, you know, people, Mm. uh, you know, Facebook, social media, these places where we're, we're painting these pictures of who we are that aren't necessarily uh, correct (laughs) or full pictures of who we are. Um, You know, so your Mm. authenticity is the gift to the world
0: that's really rampant in, um, you know, sort of the health and fitness type space. I know I did that for years. I I played the perfect personal trainer. Mm. Right. And it's so easy to get caught in that because sometimes it can feel easier or not, not necessarily easier, but safer to project a persona. It can feel safer, right? Because well, if they're rejecting the persona, then they're not really rejecting me. Mm -hmm. but authenticity really comes um, with vulnerability because you've really got to, you've really got to let your guard down to, to start just letting yourself be who you actually are. Right. And, And trusting that people, the right people will love that.
1: Right. And there's no shame in being who you are. Yeah. Right. It, you know, I think that's so another piece of it. There's so much shame around it for some reason. Like we're embarrassed of our circumstances. Well, or for me,
0: I was anything. I was embarrassed because I was convinced that I was full of darkness. The real me was bad.
1: Right. And right. I
0: think that that's, that, that, and that can make authenticity feel really scary. Cause when you sit, th- when you have, when your stories, when your ego has you convinced that who you actually are is terrible, right? Well, who oh, can't let anybody see that. Right. So yes. it really comes down to everything you were saying about, you know, understanding who you actually are outside of the stories. Like who is your highest you, who is your yeah. highest self outside of those ego, ego stories. Yes. understanding that and then being able to project that
1: right i, I heard uh, deepak Chopra. He, he said we when we were born we're given an identity a gender mm. you know we're yeah. born in a certain family with a maybe a religion and all you know all the different things the conditionings and then he says we spend the rest of our lives defending it yeah. and, and it's mm-hmm. absolutely exhausting yeah. right and sometimes yeah. we're defending our stories from yeah. our childhood or from uh, whatever it is. Right. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just so embracing all parts of us and all parts of us magical and it's where the juice is. That's where Mm -hmm. the goodness is. It's where people connect with you too, right? When you're real and authentic and you show up, it's so easy to connect with people and their stories. I mean, there's nothing greater than saying me too. I've been through Mm -hmm. this, you know, and, and, and what I find when you say me too, then all the hands start going up. Yeah. Because right. you give everybody around you permission to do the same thing. Right. You know, um, years ago, be when I first became a coach, a, my coach challenged me to you know, put together a bunch of women, like a women's forum. And yeah. it really was an opportunity for me to practice some coaching and so on. Yeah. And so I invited all these women together who were all in the same boat. We we're stay-at-home moms. And we're, uh, it was like, all our kids were going to, our, our youngest was going to school. And yeah. it was kind of like, what are we going to do with our life? So here again, mm-hmm. was my question, you know, another <laughs> six <laughs> years later, what am I going to do with my life? Yeah. And so why don't we meet and we discuss that? Yeah. And i all- some of my coaching principles and uh I remember kind of giving everybody an opportunity to go around the room and you know we chatted of course for a couple of hours and it was just great rich conversation Mm -hmm. and at the end of it I asked everybody you know what are you taking away and there was one woman who raised her hand and really she summed it up she said I realized I'm not alone yeah that she was feeling that way too Uh, that, you know, what shall I do with my life? Or like, I just feel lost and not, and we don't really want to admit that because, you know, I had a lot of people around me who were in corporate Mm. and had careers. And I thought, oh, great. I'm the one who looks like the flaky one who doesn't have anything going on. And, um, you know, and it was about embracing and loving and accepting the fact that I was a stay-at-home mom. Mm. And that, uh, that was just a choice that I made for myself and and that I get to make lots of other choices. So there was a lot of that unworthiness around mm-hmm. it and so on, but it was that sharing that people said, me too, I- I'm glad I don't feel like I'm alone. So I yeah. think when we create community, when we, when we show up authentically.
0: Mm. Yeah, so good. So good. Well, I can't thank you enough for joining me. This has been the most fun. Um,
1: yeah, I loved it. Ever. I, I yeah. love the conversation. So hey, look.
0: So do I. I love <laughs> I could I could literally could like sit here and talk all day, but I know that you are a very, very busy lady, so I don't want to take up any more yeah. of your time. I really appreciate you joining me though. Yeah, well,
1: thank you. Where can you for people
0: find me. you for more about you? Where can they get your book? Just share a little bit about. To how people can connect with you if they want to know more or, or sure. get in your circle
1: uh the best way is to go to danaloydleadership.com. if you want to get on my mailing list i am building a values course that i um, referred to this magical mm-hmm. values knowing those is a great way of knowing who you are Mm -hmm. And I'll be launching that. So you'll get first crack at it if you're on the list. Um, And of course I send out weekly emails with encouragement and uh, inspiration and practicality. And you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Dana Lloyd leadership. And you can get the book on Amazon. It's on uh, Kindle as well as in hard copy. And yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: Awesome. I will also, of course, the podcast
1: soul sister conversations. I drop a new episode Uh, weekly on Sunday morning so and you happen to be live this week with me so I'm excited about that so yeah that's right we also had a great
0: conversation
1: over there oh it was awesome yeah (laughs) yeah
0: so I will leave links to all of those things in the description when I when I get this episode up and posted so that people can find them easier and so again thank you so very very much for joining me
1: Mm, thank you I enjoyed every moment
0: so did I You've been listening to Being More with Ronnie Davis. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about embodied cognitive eating training and access free resources, visit www.ecet.online.